When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special Jesus Story episode. This is episode number 28, The Real Christmas Story. Now, this episode is different from the other episodes that we've done. In this episode, I'm going to take you to a Christmas service held at a little country church in rural Tennessee this past weekend. In this service, I told the story of Christmas as laid out in the scriptures. We go all the way back to the beginning of time and look forward to the future via scripture. You'll hear music, you'll hear reading, you'll hear prayer, and don't forget that you'll find all the scripture references in the show notes on your podcast player or on our website, jesusstories.info slash podcast. But before we begin, I need to remind you that Jesus Stories is made possible only with the support of listeners like you. There are monthly expenses required to keep this podcast going, and your support pays those bills and keeps the computers running that are needed to produce the podcast. Now, we've linked up with Patreon to help provide a way for you to make an ongoing monthly contribution. Could be as little as $3 a month. Starting in the new year, we'll have some special stuff available just for you if you're a Patreon supporter. If you'd prefer to make a one-time contribution, that can be done as well. Just visit the Jesus Stories website. That's jesusstories.info. Click on the Support This Podcast tab, and you'll find a link to Patreon as well as a method for giving a one-time gift. And when you give, you will help the over 2,000 people a month who listen to this podcast from all around the world. And that includes people in the developed world and in third world countries. In fact, we have more listeners in third world countries than anywhere else. So, won't you support us? Support the effort to spread Jesus' stories all over the globe. Thank you. Now, Let's take a listen to the story of Christmas as told in the scriptures. Now, 
in the beginning. That's where it always begins, right? In the beginning. The point when Yahweh created. The moment when time began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. The Lord God placed a man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And so it begins. Yahweh places his perfect creation man and woman, on the perfect earth, in the perfect spot, Eden, to work the garden, to take care of it, to take care of each other. And Yahweh comes down to spend time with the man and the woman. They walk together in this beautiful spot, in this garden. God is with them. The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It is only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. 
She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He replied, I I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I'm naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord God asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. So the Lord God banished them from the garden of Eden. So man and God are separated. But that is just the beginning of this story. For God sought to right this wrong, to bring his creation back to him forever. From the seed of one man, God established a nation to become his very own. But that nation, Israel, proved to be just like Adam and Eve, rebellious, disobedient. God had told them that he would raise up a prophet like Moses from among them. But he was not to be found. Where was he? When would he come? Israel waited. They didn't wait well. They continued in their rebellious and sinful ways. God sent messengers, angels, prophets with message of hope. That time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled. But there will be a time in the future when the Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you, and people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery, and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Look, a virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The government and his peace will never end. 
He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. But you, O Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel, whose origins are in the distant past, will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of peace. So Israel waits. They wait. They wait. And the final 400 years was long, There was no word from Jehovah, no prophet, no prophecy. But God was working. At just the right time, the waiting ended. A message arrives. A message arrives to Zechariah, who was serving in the temple. He hears this message. While Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son, and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and power 
of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom wisdom of the godly. Zechariah is incredulous. He doesn't believe his ears. He doesn't believe the angel. After all, he and his wife, well, they're old. So he's struck mute while he waits for God's work to be done. And sure enough, his wife becomes pregnant. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel would, could mean. Uh, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, But how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So Jehovah has set up two miraculous births to bring Israel's waiting to an end. But who's going to notice? At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, who, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for him. She gave birth to her firstborn son. The one who Israel was expecting was born. Born in a nothing town, Bethlehem. A town known only for its lambs, its sheep. It's sheep which were destined to be slaughtered. A, a town so small that when people came from out of town, there was no place for them to stay. So there was no place for Mary to give birth.
Do you wonder anything about this birth? Do you wonder who attended the birth? Who helped Mary? Who cut the umbilical cord? Who boiled the water? Who wrapped the babe? Who put him in a manger, the feeding trough? We don't know the answers. We just know that the Savior of the world, the one for whom Israel was waiting, was born in circumstances which wouldn't be tolerated in our world. And who knew? That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people, the Savior, Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by his sign, by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a a vast host of elders, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased.
when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Jesus is born. But as wondrous as this story is, this is not all there is to tell. Not by a long shot. No, Jesus didn't come to earth to be celebrated as a baby. He came to earth to be celebrated as the Savior, the Messiah, the King, the one for whom Israel was looking, the one for whom we wait as well. Jesus lived on earth some 33 years. And in the last three of those years, his ministry proclaimed the good news. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. That message was received by the people at the time. Many believed, but there were powerful people, religious and government leaders, who did not accept the message. And they killed our Lord. The very one for whom Israel had been waiting was crucified, was killed by some of the very people who were waiting for him to come. They missed the gift. But God was still working. Three days after his death, Jesus was resurrected by the power of Jehovah. And that is our celebration this morning. Yes, he had to be born and die in order to be one of us on this earth. But he was raised from the dead. What does that mean for us? Well, first, it means a new life. Paul wrote, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given a new life. It means reconciliation. I love this scripture. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. And finally, it means salvation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. We're going to sing a song where I changed one word in the song. We moved the tense from past 
to current. Why did my Savior come to earth? Because he loves me so. Why did my Savior come to earth and to the humble go? Why did he choose a lowly path? So we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate by remembering that it was the love of God that sent Jesus to us. It was Jesus' love for us that compelled him to die for us. Yes, Jesus came to the earth because of his love for you and for me. And it is that love that sends his servants out into the world to tell his story to all of you. This podcast tells the story of Jesus in a way which allows you to make up your own mind about him, about how you should respond to him. So, my question is this. How has this podcast touched you? How has it touched your heart? Would you share it with me on social media or via email? Links for both are in the show notes on our podcast player or on the website, jesusstories.info. Our next episode will continue with the life and the teachings of Jesus. He goes back to Capernaum from Jerusalem. As the opposition to his ministry grows, he sets out for Jerusalem again, 
this time for the very last time. Along the way, he'll continue healing and teaching and sending. And some of these lessons are some of the most pointed and important in his ministry. Our next episode will include healing some lepers, sending out a group of 72 to teach and heal, and we'll hear some stories, some parables. That's on the next episode of Jesus Stories. See you then. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.